Hi, this is Jason Van Norden of jasonvannorden.com, and you're listening to the Inspiration Place podcast with Miriam Shulman. Woohoo! Very good, and you're very... Nice Midwestern accent. <laughs> like my New York voice comes next. Sorry. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Welcome to episode zero of the Inspiration Place podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Shulman, and I'm thrilled that you have joined me today. Today, we're talking about what it means to have a signature style and express your voice, whether that is in business, music, or art. You'll get a sneak preview of future episodes. With me to co-host this episode is my mentor, Jason Van Orden. Jason helps thought leaders to reach a larger audience with their ideas, create new income streams from their expertise, and build business models that align their values and goals. As a consultant, trainer, and strategist, he draws from more than 14 years of researching top internet influencers and experimenting with his own personal experience. His experience includes creating multiple successful brands, launching over 60 online courses, teaching more than 10,000 entrepreneurs, generating $6 million in online course sales, damn, Jason, and 8 million downloads of his podcast. His mission is to help visionaries with impactful ideas to connect with the problems they can most uniquely solve. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, Miriam. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Okay, so here's the plan. But what I thought would be kind of interesting, kind of what your whole messaging has been, like our work together is talking about how to find like your signature voice. Mm -hmm. And that is something that artists are always Mm. thinking about as well. So I just thought it would be kind of cool to have a conversation about how artists have to find their signature voice in the same way business and thought leaders also have to find a signature voice. Yeah, I love it. In fact, I have a good story to start out with that kind of sets that whole thing up. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. We can dig into that as well. Because one of my big themes of the first season, even though I'm not probably not going to do seasons, I'm probably just going to release every week, is that I'm showing people that not only is it possible to be a six-figure and more artist, but it's actually common. And I'm sharing lots of people who are six and seven-figure artists professionals and coming at it with different from different points of view. So I start yeah. off with like a seven-figure artist. I go to my friend Blenda, Jeffrey Shaw, seven-figure photographer, Corey, when we talk about business models. I talk to an art gallery owner. I have Rebecca Ching. We talk about imposter syndrome. Then it's uh, Instagram expert, Tyler McCall, my friend Jan, who, who sells out every single thing she makes and she doesn't even use an email list. It's, yeah, it's, like, Jeez, wow. it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and then I have a two-parter with artist Tara Reed and her agent. So first I, I interview a licensed artist and then I interview the art agent who represents her. So that's, um, that's like kind of the first season. So yeah. That sounds like some solid content. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. done. And then I have like a whole whole bunch of other stuff scheduled. So, and these are these are done and a lot of them are already on being edited. And so I'm excited. You're killing it. Yeah. After that false start now. Remember, remember when it was like, I want to do a podcast, but, but 
but, 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 but. And now look, it's done almost. The first season's well, almost See, done. that's what I was, tr- I was so frustrated before was because I was like, you guys don't understand. That's not like me. To right. Like, <laughs> I want to do it and it's not happening. You know. But once you got but going, I, man, you did it. Right, right. Exactly. This is it. more like the way I operate. It's like. I love it. Start. I wish I operated more like this. <laughs> so have you started? Have I started what? Oh, Morning? no, I haven't. <laughs> that's okay <laughs> i have reasons whether they're good or not i don't know but okay yeah, reasons. Right. so welcome jason so the reason i wanted to invite you to the show today is because i know you help business owners find their unique voice so that they can step out and become thought leaders in their own various niches and i was just thinking about how similar that is to artists who really have to, once they've learned and mastered the craft, they have to develop their own signature style because you really can't get to the next level if you're still painting things that look like your teacher. So I was just thinking about the similarities between being an artist and the art of being a business leader. Yeah, this is, a, I mean, I don't have to tell you, this is a topic I love talking about. Um, and it kind of goes back to something I learned from Britney Spears' vocal coach back in, I don't know, 2003. And I was in a rock band with my wife. We were very serious about our music and we would go to conferences. I mean, just like we go to conferences now as entrepreneurs, I would go to conferences uh, you know, as a musician, a hopeful rock star, so to speak, and uh, learn from you know, the luminaries of the re- recording industry and uh, you know, what does it take? What does it take to make a living with your music and be a star or whatever? And so my wife and I were at this one particular conference and we were you know, sitting in the, in the audience listening and it was, it was vocal coach who was speaking. And I don't remember exactly what the topic was, but this is a vocal coach to Britney Spears and Gwen Stefani and all kinds of people, even to this day, Jack Black and so forth. And uh, she, she started telling a story about, you know, here's what it takes or more just sharing an analogy of what it takes to really, you know, stand out and, and become, you know, reach that point of, uh, of attention and stardom where you can make a healthy living from, from your music, your creativity, your ideas. And she said, you know, I've worked with a lot of stars and I've worked with a lot of really, really talented singers. I've worked with talented singers who never get really seen at all. And then I've worked with Britney Spears, who at one point was the biggest pop star on the planet. And so uh, she said, you know, she said, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is that's set apart for these two people. It was clearly not skill you know, though they all had, you know, obviously you do, like you said, have to master your craft to a certain level to be at least create a minimum level of, of quality, right? But you said the thing that sets apart the ones that really, you know, reach a level of attention and stardom is that those people, they know what it is about themselves that is really resonant and compelling and interesting. And, you know, it's, it's usually not, I mean, it can be stylistically in their voice, but a lot of times it's also a lot of other things, their personality and their look and, and, uh, you know, kind of how they show up and, and how they, they talk about things. Maybe they have a point of view on stuff and they just, they take that, those things about them that are the most unique and they just crank them all the way up. They turn them up to 11, which is a, a musician's joke from a mockumentary called Spinal Tap, where I the guy. that one. Yeah, yeah. where he has yeah. the guitar <laughs> Turn it up to 11. 11. The guy's like, well, why isn't it just. Why, is why it not make 10 plus? louder? Well, go to 11. <laughs> no, because <laughs> 11 is more. Uh, yeah. 
but yeah, that's stuck with me ever since then. And it, it, I started applying that uh, not only to my music back then, but to entrepreneurship and, and sharing my ideas online. Um, and that was, you know, to know, well, what is it about me that people, you know, that there's a unique value there, that people like how I show up, how I, my ideas, my, the way I think, the way I make them feel, the way I make them think, whatever it is. And whether that's, you know, thought leadership, writing a book and teaching, coaching, consulting, whether that's creating art, creating music, anything where you're creating, right? It does right. come down to your voice is that thing that, you know, it's the thing that only you can bring to, to the world, but it takes some time to like find and unlayer it and kind of identify it. And then I'd say it takes even longer to learn how to really own it and embody it yourself to a level that now the world sees it and you unabashedly share it so that people just, they have no choice. At least the people who are going to resonate with you have no choice but to uh, take notice. And I know that later in your podcast, you have an interview with uh, Rebecca Ching talking about imposter syndrome, which is you know a bit of that owning your voice and like, no, this is something that, this is a point of view that only I can bring because of who I am and where I come from and what my background is, what my values are, what I want to say, yeah, why I love this topic so much because I do believe everyone has a point of view to find. What I've noticed, and I don't know if you agree with this in those different applications, but with art, a lot of it is really recognizing that what sometimes people self-criticize, the things that they think are wrong are usually what makes them right and what makes them different. Yeah, you know what? That is so true. And that's why, yeah, I think there are, right. I think that is one reason why people hesitate to own or see their voices because for whatever reason, the world has kind of often does train us to vilify us for those things. And, uh, you know, because they were threatening to people. Often those things that do set us apart are threatening because the world, society wants everything to kind of be this homogenous homeostasis. Uh, and, and so when we start standing out, it's like, no, 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 come back down. Come right. Back. And when I remember when I was first starting out, I would look at other artists who were, were creating similar art than me. And I think, yeah, but... I'm Jewish and I'm from New York and there are these mm. pretty blondes from the Midwest. <laughs> I'm like, I don't fit in. But those are the things that when I finally embraced it and stopped trying mm. to hide it, yeah. then I found my people and yeah. my tribe and found the people who loved that about me, like mm-hmm. my humor, my New York sense, like that only I can bring to the yeah. table that these other people don't have. I mean, they're great, but we're different. So it's like being able to embrace those mistakes, mistakes or things that you might be, um, it's not really mistake is the wrong word, but the things that make you different and be able to embrace that as not being wrong and hide your difference, but to, like you said, own it and really elevate it. That's what people are going to be attracted to. Well, I like that you said mistakes because often we are made to think that it is a mistake or a weakness, something to be, you know, quashed and, and pushed out. And, and yeah, the, the, the trick is to start seeing. And the, the second thing that happens is even if we do see it as something that, let's say that you get past some of that imposter in- syndrome or that you're fortunate to not have had it really cranked up by your experiences in the past. The second thing that gets in the way is that we start thinking, well, they're just commonplace. Because it's easy for us to show up that way. It's easy for us to have that point of view or to do that thing. It must not have value. And the other thing that society teaches us is like, well, 
oh, for it to be a value, there must have been blood, sweat, and tears and effort. And, you know, I don't know if that's like a depression era thinking that's still passing down through baby boomers and Gen X. And maybe it's the millennials who are finally shedding that. And that's why they're so driven by meaning and things. I don't know. But uh, so whether we're vilified and so see it as mistakes, weaknesses, or we just devalue it because it seems easy, you got to start recognizing, well, yeah, it's easy for you. Right. And then a lot of like, I don't want to say the average person because, you know, that makes it sound, but just like everyone else or a lot of the majority of people, that way of thinking, that way of filtering the world, that way of curating experience and, you know, whether it's an artist or anything else, it's not something that easily comes to other people that way. Yeah. And that's um, something that a lot of artists struggle with, especially when it comes to pricing their art, because Mm. when something comes easy to them, they don't value it as much. And that that was something I had talked to with one in my future episode with Jeffrey Shaw, who he he coaches photographers who want to switch from to that back-breaking wedding photographer photography gigs every week and suddenly they're getting paid twice as much to do a family portrait photography shoot that feels easy and they feel i don't know if they feel guilty that they're getting paid so much for something that feels easy Mm. but that's i'm glad yeah i think that's true i think there is guilt because it's easy i think that's true and we were taught that, you know, if we want to make money, we have to work really hard at it. So if something feels easy, then we don't value it as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Jeffrey's an interesting, because uh, he he had to really figure out, you know, because of his, anyway, actually, I won't spoil it, because obviously you're going to have him on the, the No, it's fine. <laughs> people are going to hear it. But, you know, yeah, he's a great example of somebody who found. And so the point I wanted to make is that he went from being a commodity, which a photographer, especially today, when digital cameras are so affordable, man, to being a photographer, it's like, and when I say commodity, it's like you price shop it and people don't value the difference between this, that, and the other. But yeah, if you find a way to bring some kind of experience or just something different, you know, the, again, the way you see yeah, the world, uh, and yeah, people, they'll come back over and over again, even if they do have to pay more money for that thing. Mm. So one thing I would also bring up about this is that, uh, you know, people might be hearing us talk about this and wonder like, well, how do you even find out like what your unique genius and voice is. And in art, it probably can't, I don't know, it's, it's such an intangible thing. Actually, it's an intangible thing in, in, you know, creating, writing books and thought leadership and things as well. One thing that I would say that is really important is to talk to the people who do value or have had experience or opportunity to value what it is that you do and create. And so in this case, it might be people who have bought your art. So you need to kind of go to like, uh, get outside a little bit of that they're going to tell you what they think you want to hear people, but have a variety of, and this is hard, right? To have a variety of conversations to people about, you know, asking them, and, and here's one way that you can, well, asking them, you know, well, why did they buy your art? Why what was, is, it, is there something about how it made them feel? Is there something about, you know, when they first saw it, is there, and maybe they'll just say something like, well, the color scheme matched my decorating that I was doing, right? And okay, well, that's one data point, right? But then somebody else would be like, I don't know, that giraffe that you drew, <laughs> the way it looked at me and like the color, I just felt a certain way. And then you can like dig into that and like, oh, can you tell me more about that? Now, if that feels too personal to be like, what is it about my art that, you know, what do you feel or what is it that made you, is you can kind of just ask them about their art buying experience in general. Think about the last time you bought a piece of art, or if it was your art that they bought the last time, just think of a previous time that you bought a piece of art. Like, how do you, how do you decide what you're going to buy? 
Here's the thing. I just want to circle back a little bit to something mm-hmm. you said before that I think is interesting. Uh, with artists, you you have to master the craft. And in that process, you're really trying on different styles. So it's very mm-hmm. similar to music. You're going to learn, you know, maybe you're a classical guitarist. You're going to learn other genres and you're going to try it on. But just like the Beatles, <laughs> you're going to go yeah, through yeah. an evolution yeah. before you settle on a signature style or multiple signature styles throughout your lifetime. Now, do you see that also in in business that people who are business leaders and coaches that they go through this trying on of different styles before they settle on, 100%, on that? 100%. I mentioned that rock band. And if you go back about four or five rock bands before that one I had my with my wife, it was my brother and I when we were teenagers. And this is like the mid 90s, early, yeah, mid 90s grunge era, right? And if you were to listen to that band, this was my first band and the first time I'd ever written songs in my life, it all sounded like grunge ripoffs, Pearl Jam and, you know, Tool and like these other, right? But bit by bit, you know, and I was, I was going to school and getting a guitar degree and I would come back having learned new scale or technique or way of chord changes or whatever. And I would try to like incorporate that in and that started. But by the time I got to like the second or third or fourth band and like maybe the third or fourth or fifth CD recording, like you could start hearing my own like, point of view coming right. out in the music. Right. And it's kind of an intangible thing, but that is a necessary phase to go through. And it is the same thing in business. I mean, you know, you and I, we've listened to podcasts that feel like a total copy of the very popular 10 business podcasts. And look at them guaranteed. There's 10 podcasts who are trying to be them. Unfortunately, right. trying to right. be the exact same thing. Right now at the same time, I try not to criticize that too much because they do need to start somewhere. And imitation is a good way to start trying things on and seeing how it feels. And it's not like somebody's going to start their first podcast or do their first song or make their first painting and immediately have a point. Of exactly. View. I mean, if you look at the impressionist, like they got, they, they got went to Italy and copied mm. paintings. He copied yes. Rembrandt. Yes. So, and this is part of the tradition of art making is to copy from the masters. Mm-hmm. That is part of traditional art training. So like you said, no one suddenly wakes up one day and says, I'm going to be an impressionist and I'm inventing the impressionist movement. It, like all those impressionists first had to go through that journey that we yeah. all go through before we find our signature style yeah. and our own voice. So I'm going to say here is like, yeah, yeah, you got to honor that process of developing your voice. So if you don't create because you have that sense that it's derivative, it's like, oh man, I don't want to make that. That's so derivative and you're like sitting around waiting to come up with something totally unique when you're robbing yourself of the process right Right. and by the same token if you're not being honest with yourself about where you're at then yeah you don't give yourself that but it's absolutely an iterative process over time Mm. so what advice would you have for um, people who are trying to stand out in business or podcasting or yeah, I mean, the thing that I always have people, um, so I mean, I, I gave that one kind of piece of advice where I do think that it's good to create feedback loops is what I call them, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, even if somebody has like a very different kind of business model, often I'll tell them, go and do some consulting, at least a little bit of consulting. Because of that direct customer relationship, there's going to be a feedback loop there. The things they respond to, the things that they say, oh man, that one thing that you told me or that one, man, when you, when you, you know, and then that's like, and really ultimately you're going to realize that of all the things that you, that you shared with them or did for them or did with them, there was like this one thing that really just had a, a big impact or mindset shift or whatever. And that's what they really valued. And often it's not what you expected them to be paying for. 
I mean, right. I've, I've had people pay me a lot of money to sit down with them for a day and go and dive into their business. And I've got this whole outline of stuff. I'm like, oh, I really want to deliver my money's worth. And I'm going to teach them and go through all this stuff. And in the end, it's like what they want to spend like five or six hours just on, you know, having, you know, ask, having me ask them really good questions and listen to them talk. And then all of a sudden, just all, there'll be that five minute where it's like, oh, we just stumbled on something. Wait, say that again. Okay. Yeah. There it is. That's the thing we've been looking for today as we've been sitting here talking and, and doing things. So create feedback loops and that's have conversations with other artists about their art, about your art. It's hard to do that because sometimes you're not going to like what you... Yeah. And do. let me just interrupt you for a minute. Sure. So like yeah. where this, how this artist can apply this is even though it's a lot of work when I do these in-person art fairs and art shows, I mean, because you have to like, you look at my studio behind uh, me, you have to pack everything up yeah, and yeah. put it in the car and then set it all up and blah, blah, blah. But that's where you get the feedback FaceTime, is from yeah. people walking by and they're, they're saying things. They don't even realize you're the artist. Sometimes you're just like hearing ah, nice. conversations. But that's when you find out what people are responding to because in, if you're just throwing your stuff on a website, you don't know what people like until yeah. they buy it. So yeah. that doesn't give you a good feedback loop. Like you said, so what should, should I develop a series of? of giraffes? Should I develop a series of elephants? And that's how I can see what people respond to, what they're not responding to. And they might Mm. even say, you know, I like that, but a bigger, different color. So those, like you said, those feedback loops, and they really happen in real life. Yeah. For artists, like you get a little online, but mostly online, you're either going to get positive feedback or silence. Yeah, yeah. And silence really doesn't tell you anything. No. <laughs> and usually our brain fills in the worst. So yeah, silence. Yeah. Yeah. So then, and you can make up any kind of excuse like, well, like it's the algorithm. That's why nobody's <laughs> liking my picture. Right. So, but to really get feedback, you need to show your art in person to yeah. people. That makes a lot of sense. And that's, yeah, so that's kind of the analog to me saying you got to go do some consulting, get FaceTime, get in person with people and see what they say, see what they value. Well, isn't it um, the same in music? I mean, you're not going to mm-hmm. discover your signature voice in the studio. You have to go and perform it. Yeah, you got to perform. And uh, yeah, absolutely, for sure. I- I'm hearing us say experimentation is important. Yes. And here's the thing is like if being derivative is such a, a word that gets vilified, nobody wants to be derivative. But if imitating, you know, in the, in the best possible way, you know, aspects of, of someone else is, is a part of this process. Well, you might as well enjoy the process. So what I love to tell people in business is, well, what are you curious about? What fascinates you right now? And so I, I suppose, and you tell me you're the artist here, like if there's a certain technique or a certain artist that you look up to or a certain medium or something that's just like, wow, that sound that feels really I'd be really curious to try that out and see, or a certain series like, well, what if I did make a series about such and such type of subject that that kind of experimentation um, also is really important because that's how you kind of ping pong. I don't want to say ping pong, but just kind of like zigzag. That's a better zigzag your way into your own, your own voice because ultimately your own voice is little bits and pieces of that are pulled from this imitation but then when put together, you know, the sum is greater than the parts. And now it's most of the songs have been written, which is, not, you know, literally, literally true, but kind of true because right, right. You know, there's right. only so many chords and, and music. Theory I love you. Theory. You broke my heart. And yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a great Picasso quote. I'm probably butcher it, but it goes mm-hmm. something like this. Bad artists copy and great artists steal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, and he was infamous for always like taking somebody else's idea and then doing it 
10 times better. Yeah, interesting. So that's really how, you know, he, it wasn't so much that he had all these original ideas. He just would see ideas and know how to make them better Mm. and know how to put his own twist on it. And that's a lot of what we're talking about. Like something may have already been done, but has it been done by you? Has it been done in your way? And how, what can you add to that conversation? Whether it's like we've been talking about music or business or art. And so I think my point here, and I love that quote, I think my point here is usually when people are deciding what to imitate, they're looking at, well, what's most popular? And I'll imitate that, mm, right? Or right. so like they look at the top 10 podcasts and or the person that they just really love and adore and go and copy that because it's like, well, that's popular. So maybe I'll be popular too. Right. And I think asking ourselves, well, what makes me curious? What would be interesting to me? You know, kind of turning back inwards as opposed to outwards for the clue is that way it guides you to imitation that really is based on your own intuition. Because I think our curiosity is one way that our intuition speaks to us. And so if your curiosity is pulling you in one direction, listen to that. Don't listen to the top 10 charts. Don't listen right. to, oh, so-and-so and Pic- just made seven figures. Listen to your curiosity. Right. And, then and go- Picasso wasn't copying what was most popular. Right. He oh, was yeah, taking like unpopular new ideas, like mm. avant-garde ideas, and nice. then making he made it popular by mm. making it accessible or, or adding that little twist to it that suddenly people got what he what what was trying to be said. Ah, so, it. yeah. Well, I need to study Picasso. Maybe oh, yeah. how he discovered <laughs> stories because I like this. I like this analogy. I like this story. That's pretty cool stuff. All right, so we need to wrap up, Jason. What else would you like to share with my audience before we say goodbye? Well, just that, you know, what we're talking about here, voice, it's vital. It's absolutely vital. If you really, I mean, whether your goal is to make a wonderful living and lots of money, or whether it's just to make great art that really impacts somebody, which I think one or the other, or both of those is everybody listening to this has those goals, right? Yeah. Um, And I'll be talking this season to a lot of artists who are six and seven figure mm, artists, because one of my goals with this podcast is not just to show that that it's possible to make a good living, but it's actually very common. Yeah. So I, you know, I have 10 episodes that I'm real excited to introduce some leaders in the art industry and I'm not running Wonderful. out anytime soon. Yeah. So Wonderful. Yeah, it's not like there's only four of them. So, yeah. So yeah, just to take something that we've said today that, that kind of hit the mark and sounded interesting and, and start weaving your way to, and it's not like you arrive at your voice and you're done. Like it's an ongoing process always, I think. But yeah, it's vital. So you might as well start the process now. And if that, even if that means having a bit of vulnerability or admitting to yourself that it's like, okay, if I got to be derivative for a little while. I might as well, uh, you'll, you'll get there and then you will have the impact. You will have the resonance. You will make the money. Perfect. And where can people come and find you? Oh, if they want to, yeah, if they want to hear from me, just go to jasonvanorden.com. Jason, J-A-S-O-N-V-A-N-O-R-D-E-N.com. And that's where you can find out all about me. Beautiful. So thanks so much for joining me. I really enjoyed our conversation today. A lot of fun. Thanks, Miriam. My pleasure. Like what you heard here today? We're just getting started. I'm Miriam Shulman, founder of The Inspiration Place, and I invite you to subscribe to The Inspiration Place podcast so you don't miss any inspiration for any of these inspiring episodes. Next week, I have on pop artist Ashley Longshore. You do not want to miss this one. You know, there are moments where you don't sell anything. There are moments where the phone isn't ringing. There are moments when you're not inspired. And I think that's where we really find out who we are. Those moments in between all the action. 
Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course on shulmanart.com.